0: You are listening to Satellite Sisters. It's Tuesday, February 10th. I'm Leanne Dolan in Pasadena, California. Welcome to Satellite Sisters. If you're a new listener, I know we have new listeners every week. We're so happy to have you. There are years of podcasts on uh, iTunes and Stitchers and on our website, SatelliteSisters.com, that may help you figure lots of things out. But for now, I just want to introduce my sister, Julie Dolan-Smith, who is in Dallas, Texas. Hey, Jewel. Hey, Leon. You know, I'm feeling lucky today, Leon. Really lucky because I did two
1: things. I bought a Powerball ticket. Yeah. Uh, and I entered the HGTV Dream Home Contest. Kay. So I think that's going to be a powerful combination to get three hundred million dollars and the dream home on Martha's Martha's Vineyard. Oh, what that's you, where
0: it is this year, Martha's yes, Vineyard. You've got to get in it, Leon. Oh, wow. You got to get in it to win it. Well, I know later on you're going to give us a rundown of a great BuzzFeed list on uh, 53 things you've learned from HGTV. So it's very fitting that you were on the site mm-hmm. entering the Dream Home contest today. Also, it's Tuesday, so we have Tuesday Trends. Uh, Julie has some products. We're, we're going to be forced to talk about Fifty Shades of Grey. It will yeah. be the only conversation I'm guessing we have about it, but let's just talk about it later. Uh, last week, you know, breaking news, Harper was publishing a novel that's been written you know for 60 years and gone unpublished i had some concerns last week i think uh they're well founded we're going to talk a little bit about that today and then of course it's tuesday so we have our recap of downton abbey we like to call it downton gabby a lot of speculation on the facebook page julie about plot twists and turns people have been discussing it uh and that's good to see but first um the snow in boston Last week, we sent our condolences to you. This week, we must send them again. I made the mistake, Julie, of saying I miss snow. And, you know, I got I got it from all the people in New England. But you know what? I miss snow, okay? There's not a <laughs> – a little snow is great, and I, I don't live there. And I'm not ashamed. Every once in a while, I miss snow because I live here in Southern California where yesterday it was 77 degrees, and sometimes that seems weird to me. Uh, <laughs> That being said, I did totally enjoy swimming yesterday at noon in the pool. But um, so here's the deal, though, Julie. I heard this stat on Good Morning America this morning Mm -hmm. that, you know, in the Boston area, they've received six feet of snow this this winter, you know, a a record breaking, near record breaking, puts it in the top 10 already of worst winters. And they gave the statistic that the amount of snow in Boston so far this year could have filled the Patriots football stadium 90 times.
1: Ooh. That's
0: a lot of snow, Liam. Well, it's it, it's a lot of snow, but it just seemed like a nutty statistic that hit me because, meanwhile, here in Southern California, where it's nearly eighty degrees, uh, you know what we have going into the Rose Bowl Stadium, which is adjacent to my home, in a couple I don't know, weekends? A
1: sun, sunbathing contest, Liam? Something like that?
0: That would be appropriate, but no, we have a ski and snowboarding competition <laughs> happening there, <laughs> thanks to Sean White Productions, in two weekends. They are going to have like Olympic and world famous extreme snowboarders and skiers doing the jumps and everything like that. They are trekking in snow for the next two weeks and refrigerating it. They are making snow inside the rose bowl. And this, Julie, is at a time when California, maybe you've heard, is in an extreme drought. Okay. Wow. We, well, yeah. How did that happen? Why I did they just feel somewhere cold? To do happen? not I mean, know. Just... Why don't they go to the Patriots Stadium in Foxborough? Ninety <laughs> times, Sean White, you could have filled the stadium. And I keep getting they're trying to drum up public support. This has been quite controversial here for many reasons, but mainly because, like, you know, Pasadena is filled with serious gardeners beautiful gardeners beautiful gardens and we have been cut down to one day a week of watering you know that's it
1: how did he get to have all this snow
0: we cannot figure it out it was the talk of the town at various meetings and we have a we have a mayoral race happening right now with six candidates and they get asked the question at at, you know q a's how come sean white is making snow in the rose ball so, uh, Massachusetts, send us your snow. If there's any way you can put it on a train and send it over, we can take it in Pasadena. Is
1: that only you know, in? I think Sean White, you know, because a lot of celebrities, when there are, you know, are natural disasters or you know situations, they go to places and they lend their support and they try to buck people up as they're coping with really difficult situations. You have all the schools closed. You have all that snow. Well, I guess Sean should just take
0: his whole operation to Boston. <laughs> I know. And cheer up the good people from Massachusetts. That's what I think. It's the craziest event. I mean, I remember like ten years ago they did motocross in the Rose Bowl, and they were at dump trucks full of dirt for weeks. <laughs> I know it sounds crazy, but like there was so many dump trucks of dirt, they had to repave the roads. Like that's how many dump trucks of dirt it takes to fill the Rose Bowl. Leon, so I imagine am the so- snow. I'm so glad that you
1: are protecting the Rose Bowl. I think you know you are. You've taken that on. It's in your neighborhood. Yes. And nothing is going to happen to that Rose Bowl because Leon Dolan is on duty, right? I, I, I mean, like. Hey, I like got Sean your White. binoculars. You are, you are like walking around there, yeah. checking it out. Keep up the good. I'm work. on
0: patrol. I'm on patrol, Joel. Every day, well, I'm on patrol. That's
1: good, <laughs> Leon. I have kind of a kind of a a sadder story, sad happy life story. You know, it um it's it's from one of our satellite sisters. It happens to be my sister in law Carrie, um who uh lives in Denver, and she is she is the principal care keep- keeper uh for are, um, for my father-in-law, for her father, okay. who is in hospice, okay? And she has, you know, she has two, she has two children, she has a job, and she just makes it happen. She is over there every day making sure that my father-in-law is comfortable and that he makes it to all his medical appointments. He's in hospice now. And she, you know, just takes great care of him. And one of the things that she has had to do is that they had, uh, my father-in-law had a golden retriever, Daffy, who
0: uh, was quite frankly- Which is a really cute name for a dog. Well, she is pretty Daffy. Yeah.
1: Uh, But because as he got sicker and sicker, he just could not take care of the dog. He couldn't walk the, he couldn't, he couldn't always walk the dogs. So Carrie, the dog lover- she has taken she has taken on Daffy. So Daffy now lives with Carrie. And so she walks, she takes care of the dog. She takes care of her father-in-law. And she called me up with the very sad news that the dog, Daffy, now has cancer. Oh, so her father no. is dying of cancer. And now the dog has bone cancer. And she is faced with a very difficult decision about what to do. First of all, she doesn't know whether to tell her father. Because right. you know it's really sad. It's and, sad. You know, yeah. It is, it is. And as you know, Leon, having just lost a dog, and you know the just the emotional toll of losing your dog is is a lot. So, um, and she went to the vet to see what the options were, and the options are. You know, they range from just sort of palliative care where bone cancer in dogs, I guess, is very painful, and yeah. so they give them some kind of pain relief, um, but her life expectancy is very short. They, She does have the option to do some chemotherapy, but again, there's no guarantee about really extending the life expectancy of Daffy. And then the third option is, um, is to amputate the dog's leg uh, where the cancer is. And oh, wow. uh, I know that, which is so it's a it's really a dilemma for Carrie right. who's taking care of her father and now is looking at this dog who's very sick. And so she did a very smart thing because her father's in hospice. She asked, the, you know, the hospice yeah. people, what should she do? And we've talked about it here on our podcast about the tremendous work that hospice care people do. Just they're so wise in terms of the things that they, you know, that they help you with and, and you know, the conversations you have with them. And her hospice nurse said um, that, you know, one of the things that she's observed in people that are dying is that they really hate the fact that they're losing control of things, that everybody else is making their decisions about their care or, you know, when they eat, when they get their medication. And so the nurse recommended to my sister-in-law, Carrie, like, whatever decision you make about the dog in, you know, involve your father, it will be a very, you know, important thing for him to do. So, so I think Carrie felt like that was the way to go. And that's, you know, she plans to have that conversation with them, but you know, she was, and she spent like, I don't know, five hours at the vet yesterday going over all the options and looking at the x-rays and don't you know as they were going through the x-rays and looking at the heart and the lungs and the and the you know where the cancer is they also noticed that this daffy golden retriever named G- Daffy had also swallowed a very large
0: rock did your dog <laughs> oh,
1: did your dog ever eat rocks please? no
0: cuz no, uh, no i will was- i will hold my calm, preserve my judgment on golden retrievers
1: Okay. Again, her name is Daffy. Yeah. Uh, for, for, and They're nice, very sweet, beautiful,
0: friendly dogs. But...
1: Smooth, big, smooth rock yes. that is way too big. Daffy is never going to pass this. So in a, ad- so uh, in addition to having to make a decision about you know what to do with Daffy, they also had to perform some kind of rockectomy yesterday, where not they didn't have to open her up, but they had to put a scope down in her stomach to get, oh to my get this giant rock out. So I just want, just a shout out to a satellite sister. Yeah. I know there are a lot of people out there like Carrie that are like caring for a lot of human beings yes. and animals and, and things. And it's never easy. And, uh, you know, just, we really appreciate all that you're doing. And so the good news is, uh, the rock is out of Daffy's stomach, uh, <laughs>
0: <laughs> just, new... I know mean, I mean, you have
1: to laugh. You, you have do,
0: to laugh. you absolutely have to laugh. This is the, you know, when I knew that Mia had pro you know, cancer in the last year of her life, the doctors couldn't pinpoint it, but there were certainly a lot of signs and symptoms. So it probably was like a bone cancer and stuff. I just, I just decided I was going to make the last few months of her life awesome. Like if she wanted to eat pizza, I had never let her eat people food. I took her on walks. I was so super nice to her. And, you know, she rewarded me with some goofy fun stories. So there you have it. So it's like Daffy and the rock, you know, that, that will be fondly remembered someday. Fondly remembered.
1: So a shout out to Karen today, you know, uh, where you're, it's, you've got some big decisions, but I think you know, you and my father-in-law are going to make make the right one for yeah. dear old Daffy. Yeah. So pass that on. Hey, Leanne, we're going to like switch gears. Yeah. But I, I, you know, one of the reasons that I um, look at the website BuzzFeed is because they have so many pictures of dogs on it. That's really, <laughs> why, that's why I started going yeah. to that website. Genius it's, BuzzFeed. It's it just... <laughs> I, I read that they're going to interview the President of the United States. Okay, they started with like <laughs> cute puppy pictures. And now they're going to get to talk to President Obama. Okay, way to go. Okay. So we just need more dogs on Satellite Sisters, Leon. I think that's the answer there. But uh, I had I saw I saw a big story. It just caught my eye. It's 57 53 lessons and that's the thing about buzzfeed they always have odd numbers you know it's you know it has less words than either us magazine or people magazine it's just (laughs) pictures that's what's good about it 53 lessons you can learn from watching too much
0: HGTV. Now, and I know
1: you love HGTV. I do. You
0: know, I just go through huge phases where I get completely sucked into all things. And then I have to stop because then I have like house envy and I have to move on. But now I'm back. I'm back watching it again.
1: Okay. Well, Ian, then you can appreciate this. Uh, We're not going to go through all 53 uh, uh, lessons. You can look at that, but I knew you would like uh, this lesson. Countertops can be made in only two materials, granite or marble, right?
0: (laughs) Is that true? Apparently, according to HGTV, yes. I I actually like other materials for countertops, but I'm surprised how many people insist on granite. People I know have probably never cooked. So. Yes,
1: well, that makes no difference, Leon. <laughs> yeah. And it doesn't matter if they're looking at a house that costs $100,000 right. <laughs> or $2 million. Yes. Everybody wants the granite or the marble uh, countertops. Sometimes That's the it. granite okay. is
0: so ugly in the, in the kitchens and they're like, oh, granite. I'm like, that is the ugliest granite I have ever seen. Okay, All here's right.
1: another one, Leon.
0: Literally every time two people attempt to gather, groom
1: over one sink, The world threatens to implode, okay? Is that right? You've got to have the double vanity sinks, Liam, right? We know this. It's true. This is a lesson. Don't don't even look at at, at a bathroom that only has one because you couldn't possibly, two people could not possibly brush their teeth (laughs) using one sink, right?
0: Okay, how about this? Carpet is the devil. Right. (laughs) oh i wish it had hardwood floors really because carpet is so warm and i like carpets i like carpet plans. i'm getting new carpet next week
1: really i just yes. love carpet I, li- I like it yeah I think it's very comfortable yeah no you have to have hardwood floors yeah. and those hardwood floors what do they have to do Leon? they have to flow, flow. that's another another <laughs> lesson you have to have flowing hardwoods okay You have hardwoods in your house. I do on the bottom
0: floor and they flow. But upstairs in my bedroom after 15 years, now, now, sadly, now that the dog is gone and the kids no longer play touch football up here, we're going to (laughs) replay Replace the carpet.
1: So, Okay, I'm sorry. well, it's kind of a mistake there, Lena. I don't, don't care. I like it. <laughs> carpet is the devil. Remember that. Okay, next lesson. No one in the world is able to monitor their children successfully without an open concept floor plan. Now, this one just made me laugh because we grew up, we were, you know, eight children. We grew up in Connecticut in an old house, and all the kids were either outside, totally unsupervised, or else we were in the cellar, okay? We, it was not a finished basement, right? We were in a, this old New England house cellar with a giant furnace, Leanne, that was on, okay? There was no open floor plan concept in our house growing up. And I don't know, we're all alive. I don't know how it happened, so... I like that one, but that's a lesson, and that's what everybody wants, and quite frankly, that's what I want now, Leon, an open flo- uh, <laughs> a floor plan concept, yeah. right? Yeah, I don't know. I, how about the party showers, Leon? Can we talk about that? Do you do you have one in your house? And uh, and you know, it doesn't matter. All those couples, right? They right. all want the party shower, and then I hate to think like, what are you all doing in there? I okay. Don't know.
0: Okay. And my every- my neighbors put in one of those giant party showers, and then they discovered their um they really didn't have the water pressure to support it. <laughs> so <laughs> the shower heads just like dripped water. It was complete disaster,
1: okay. and they spent a
0: fortune on it.
1: I know. I know it's just too much HGTV. <laughs> okay. Again, each every house has to have a home office, a guest room, and there is no island that can be large enough. Yeah. It, right. <laughs> That's true.
0: That's true.
1: Oh, well, it's a good list. Okay, check it out. There are 53 lessons you can learn from there. And, you know, if you if you can identify with all of them, you probably are watching too much HGTV. <laughs> I
0: Sometimes I just have to switch over to say yes to the dress to get away from the HGTV for a while. Yeah. <laughs> and, then I, and then I get depressed about that, and then I go back to HGTV. <laughs> I feel so sorry for the brides on that show the really? The mothers are so mean to them, or like their sisters or their friends. the right. brides there are no bridezillas they're just these poor brides that people pick on. <laughs> people That's are not right Lee. and the people are so nice who run the bridal shops they're really trying to make the bride happy I've, I've...
1: I think that's,
0: uh, that, that could be a very happy happy <laughs> business. Okay, ladies. All right. Uh, let's talk a little bit about Harper Lee. Okay, so last week, just as it was breaking news as we went on the air, that um, Harper Lee was having publishing a second book. It was actually the first book she had written. It was a book that featured uh, the adult scout as a lawyer, and uh, her editor had liked the flashbacks of the character scout so much. She said, why don't you go try again and, you know, portray scout as a Young girl, hence to kill a mockingbird. Um, but in the meantime, apparently, the very private, like crazy private Harper Lee, had just stuck this book, Go Set a Watchman, somewhere. Okay? It's somewhere. And now, 60 years later, it's about to come out. And Last week on the show, when, you know, every, you were excited. You wanted to read it. Yes. I was very cautious. I thought it seemed a little odd. I thought it seemed risky on Harper Lee's account when yes, I found out. Yes, that's
1: right, Leanne. You, it, weren't, you
0: weren't as enthusiastic. I thought you were going to be rushing out, you know, signing up. But no, you were you were skeptical. I was, uh, yeah, it was just, I just thought, wow, that is not something I would have imagined. She's been so private for so many years and really just had the one masterpiece and and kind of stuck with that as her writing story, which is fine. And uh, when your book is sold, you know, crazy amount of copies like To Kill a Mockingbird has. Okay. So Julie, over the course of the week, there've been quite a few people concerned about Harper Lee, people close to her. She is an advanced age now. She's like 86 or 87. She lives in 88. She lives, in a nursing home Mm -hmm. uh she is deaf and blind although it appears she can hear like with if she wants to, like with her hearing aid turned on, but she often tunes it out because I heard a fascinating interview on on NPR last week mm-hmm. with an old friend of hers who visits her once a month, drives to the nursing home. You know, he has no stake in the game. He's not a lawyer or an agent or anything. And he said, you know, sometimes she can hear, sometimes she can't. He said she's absolutely of sound mind to make this decision, but- mm-hmm. He had just seen her the day before the news came out last Monday, and she hadn't mentioned anything about the book coming out at all. And mm-hmm. then they brought up a couple of questions like her sister was her longtime lawyer, okay, which is pretty good. cool when you think about it. That I, would like,
1: I, would, I, you know, I would like one of us to you – know, I know. It's a eat. shame we never
0: went to law school. It? I know.
1: Liz pretends to be our attorney. <laughs> yeah. You know, she plays that role. She reads yeah. all the contracts, yeah. signs them for us. But she's really not a
0: lawyer. So, oh, my parents were right. One of us should have gone to law school. But I thought, well, her sister's been a lawyer for a long. We're like, was her lawyer for 60 years. So her sister Mm -hmm. must have also been kind of an extraordinary character, too, to have been a woman to go to law school that many years ago. And... uh, you know, protected her against everything. And so her sister died like a year ago. And so this timing of this book suddenly appearing, people did not even know this book existed, Julie. This mm-hmm. wasn't like a rumored novel. This was like a novel that was actually hidden away off site, off her property. Mm-hmm. And her new lawyer claims that she found it in her old lawyer, her sister's paperwork. So I don't that's know.
1: That's possible. I mean, that, I mean, that it's is possible,
0: possible, but it's all, yes, it's possible that, do you that's think that she, she, found she it?
1: didn't write this book no i think
0: she she wrote it i think she doesn't really want it to come out you know i then now you know she why would she oh why would you almost no writer wants their first novel to come out you know Mm -hmm. (laughs) your first anything to come out so i mean yeah this timing now that you sort of set this up i
1: was just so excited to read another book by harper lee right um that but the timing does sound a
0: little odd that and she would yeah and but, hate but to again, think of an older person is, getting taken advantage of in some way
1: I know but again it's the end of her life and maybe this is really what she wants okay. to do all right okay Jill. it could be that maybe she's made if she's of sound mind maybe she's made this decision like okay it's it's time you know a lot of people. Uh, at the end of their lives they want to sort of reconcile things they want to put things to rest they want to um sort of clear the decks and maybe this has been weighing heavily on her mind that she had this other manuscript
0: okay well we will see so story i to me it's an interesting sister story that once her that once her sister alice died that she was sort of vulnerable so we will keep watching it we will keep okay. watching it
1: all right leanne well um now we're coming to the part in the show. Uh, that's the Tuesday Trends, which, okay. you know, because it's Tuesday, Leanne, and it's interesting that, you you know, we're talking about Harper Lee and the new book, because one of the trends that I have that I, that sort of, you know, piqued my interest is a new literary website, Leanne. This is a, a site, it's called Literary Hub, um, the The web address is going to be lithub.com, L-I-T-H-U-B.com. And it's launching April 8th, Liam. And they are, this this is being put together by a large group of publishers because they feel like there's nowhere, despite the fact that, you know, so many people are interested in books and read books and that there's no sort of you know no site has emerged where um where you can have a lot of discussion about uh about books fiction non fiction they wanted to kind of be the huffington huffington post for books okay i i suggest buzzfeed for books you know but <laughs> but maybe that's not the space they're going for i
0: don't, know. Uh, I don't why not why would you not why would you I, not copy buzzfeed
1: i <laughs> don't i just just i, I don't know well, we shouldn't have given away that idea, Liam. That is really our idea. Write that down, Liam. Okay. We can call it Buzz Books, Books book, book, book Buzz, Book right. Buzz. I like it. BookBuzz.com. Okay, there we go. But but I I thought this was very interesting. So that uh, Grove Atlantic um, is going to be the um, principal publisher, but they've gotten a lot of publishers together. Um, uh, That are going to be putting up offerings that are going to put up, you know, essays and that this, you know, they're really trying to create one aggregate
0: site uh, for people who love books. Um, Oh, okay. Well, that's not, I mean, I can see why. I mean, as newspapers shut down, most newspapers don't review books anymore. It's something that's really uh, just disappeared as newspapers have lost more money and more money. There are very few major newspaper papers that do articles on books or book reviews. And it is hard. It's just hard to, it's hard to get any publicity for your book. There's Goodreads, but that's a reader driven site. So this sounds like this is going to be a publisher and author driven site. It's a good idea. LitHub.com. All right.
1: Okay. hub.com but it doesn't launch until april 8th okay. but it's a trend Leon. So, all right uh, and if that fails we can come right in with our uh, bookbuzz.com okay <laughs> okay second tuesday trend and i love this idea Liam. you know we've moved around a lot we i we have we have bought and sold a lot of houses and i i just surprised why this has really not caught on but the here's the idea Liam. You get to test drive the property before you buy the house. Hmm. You get to actually go live in the house that you want to buy. Okay. Now this this has happened, uh, you know, they have it at like if you're buying a resort home, sometimes you can go stay at the resort and kind of get the feel of it. Or occasionally at a, a condominium or an apartment building, you know, they'll let you come and spend the night there or meet with the neighbors. Um, You know, but I think it's a great idea. You can do it like a trial run, like how long does it take you to get groceries or go to, you know, an owner's party or something like that. But they're trying to sort of spread this out for individual properties. So you put your house on the market and as part of the marketing plan, you also allow people to come and stay in your house overnight to see if, uh, you know, to see if they want to buy it. What that is ridiculous? Of-
0: it's ridiculous.
1: Ridiculous? Yes. Well, Leanne, you just think about it. Like how much time you spend at the grocery store or how much time Well, you, you don't spend need to spend like- the
0: night to drive to the grocery store and figure some of that stuff out. I, uh-huh. it just seems like it puts a lot of burden on the sellers. I know, but and as you a buyer, keep it, and then as you have buyer- weird people in your house and you got to get all the stuff that matters out. It seems like you could be scammed. I just It seems like the house would be off the market for that 24 hours while they're in the house. I, I got to say, I don't think this sounds like a good idea.
1: Well, it's not a good idea for the seller, but right. for the buyer, wouldn't you want to be able to do that? To, like, actually stay in the house overnight to no, see how much, like, maybe traffic noise there was at night? To see what, you know, it really looks like or feels like uh, staying in it, in it at night? You don't think so? No, I don't. <laughs> I don't think so. Well, you've never moved, Leon, so you don't
0: know. But I mean, like, <laughs> you go into these. I've houses, moved a couple of times, I,
1: but not, not much, not recently.
0: We have, not we recently. have been in this house for seventeen years. Okay. But that doesn't mean I haven't walked through a million houses because my husband's in real estate. So I've literally I, I walked through a million houses. I know. I know. And but you know, you, there are other ways. He's always saying people are too emotional about houses, and it's an investment, and it's real estate, and you should be able to figure stuff out by walking through. I just think it puts a lot of burden on the seller. What a pain in the neck to have all these strangers in your house.
1: All right, but (laughs) but but, all right, but uh, yes, I would agree with that. I certainly (laughs) wouldn't. I
0: certainly wouldn't want that.
1: But if I was buying a house, yes, I would like to. I would like to spend more than thirty minutes walking through the house. You know, I mean, it's. You don't really know what you're
0: buying until you until you actually own it, you know. Until they give you the keys. Yeah, I'm not sure a night in staying there is going to tell you whether the plumbing system is outdated. I know, but you <laughs> might. But you might figure out, hey, there's a lot of noise. There's a lot of, you know, the neighbors are crazy. Okay. Or, you know, all right, okay. Oh, I I think this is a split decision for me. I just okay. I feel for the sellers. That's like a, I this is verging on the sharing economy. The Airbnb. I'm not interested in that either. <laughs> So I just. Okay, well, we'd like your
1: opinion. Come back a
0: couple of times, but you don't need to spend the night. I mean, what if,
1: like, what if it's a house that features all this high tech, you know, green features, you know, and you just, you know, you want to really see does the computer screen go up and down? Does, uh, you know, do the window shades really work? Uh, Can you uh, set the heat, you know, or the cooling systems uh, from different rooms? And, Okay, I I, if it, you
0: can't figure out the cooling systems, you should not buy a house there. I know, but Lane,
1: you re- actually don't get to do that until you get to the house inspection. And by then you're way down, you're way down yeah. the path to selling okay. the house. We and just, we
0: have very different, I just I we, think this is not. We, you've necessary. already committed money. You don't get to inspect the house until you've committed money. I think, l- spending the night is not inspecting the house. Those are two different things. I mean, you know, I, I, you can't I, I really understand uh, that, Leanne, yeah. but you can pick up a lot. Like, does it work or not? Okay. I think we just have two different opinions on this. <laughs> yes,
1: we do. You're, you're the seller and I'm the buyer. Yes, and yes. I think it's a great idea for buyers. I think why not? Okay. All right. Third Tuesday trend, And you know, you know what this weekend is. Okay. I guess it's Valentine's, <laughs> Valentine's Day, but Day. You know, you know what else it is. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, will be the premiere, the opening of Fifty Shades of Grey. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Have, did you ever read the book? I did read the book. I read, uh, well, I, I tried to read the book. I read the first one when it started to kind of hit the bestseller list because I'm a writer in that, sh- in you know, the women's fiction genre. Yeah. And I wanted to see what all the hoopla was about. And I found it so poorly written, I could not get through it. Uh, so yes. I just started, fl- I mean, oh, it's unreadable. It's unreadable. I mean, the sentence structure, everything about it, the dialogue is inane, everything about it is, it's literally unreadable. Like if you turned in the first chapter in your writer's group, you would not return because it would just be excoriated. So it's terrible writing. And so I couldn't really get, I could, I mean, I flipped through the end of it just because again, as a, you know, someone who does this for a living, I just wanted to see what it was all about. It was unreadable. So... Okay. Do I seem cranky today? No, I, no I've no, said that no. before on the show. I said, you know, when it first came out, I thought, well, I'll go test the waters. I'll pick it up. Sure. This is what I do. And it's on the bestseller list. No, it's, it's fan fiction. It's, it's not, yeah. wasn't, it's, yeah, it's. So it
1: didn't make your heart race. There was no palpitations. Uh, no, the
0: main character is like, oh God, so weak. And just so, oh gosh, just so un- unlikable. And the dialogue is painful okay pa- painful. painfully stupid painfully okay. stupid and there was all sorts of uh just all sorts of issues with location and timing you know the it's set in like portland and seattle and having lived in that area before like they go back and forth from portland to seattle like it's like a half an hour away you know <sighs> It's a Three and a half hour drive. So there was a lot of stuff like that that just made me crazy, you know. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so I couldn't, I couldn't get through it. And so then I found this. To? I found the the sex scenes disturbing it's again because the main character was so young and so poorly realized that I just thought, oh, this is going to drive me crazy. So, uh, so and then I've now I've seen the previews for the movie and I've <laughs> the actress is already driving me crazy in the previews. So I am not going. So- you're not going. No. Okay. But right. I like that actor, Jamie Dornan, has been on that creepy British detective show, mm-hmm. The Fall, and he's really creepy on that show. And it could only be better than the book because the book was so bad. That's what <laughs> I... I mean, really, there's... <laughs> it can't be any worse than the book because the book was horrible. So. Do you think it's... I mean, see, I didn't read the book because everybody said the book is horrible. It's I think you said it. Yeah. I, I just... I
1: really wasn't, you know, I really wasn't that interested in it. Yeah. Uh, it seemed... It seemed dumb. So, it's dumb. Um, yes, it yeah. is dumb. So yeah. Uh, so
0: I, I I don't. But do you think the movie is going to be a hit? Do you think? Well, it's here's what be- I read. I said, oh yes, the movie will be a hit. I mean, it sold the book sold a zillion copies, and you know there are people that really you know read all of them, read them many times. So I you know that I. I So, yes, they'll go. I think it's been marketed really well. It looks like a very slick production. He sort of looks like the guy in the book. So, and again, it couldn't be any worse than the book. It could only be better, but... (laughs) I'm okay. You. Well, we'll
1: need a report. We'll need someone that has read the book and, and and
0: ventures to the movies. We want the report because we're, yeah. we're not going to be reviewing uh, Fifty Shades. I, no, I. But yeah, you know, I mean, I'm sure people will go. Here's what I did read, though. I read it's a three-hour movie, but it only has 20 minutes of sex scenes. So that's oh my gosh, three hours. Yeah, so it's a long. Yeah, movie. it's a yeah. long movie, and if you know, that's what I mean. Like. I hope they improved the dialogue from the book because <laughs> <laughs> otherwise, I mean, there were things in the book I just laughed out loud. Oh, wow. She just... Anyway, there you go. So, but it's certainly being promoted a lot and, you mm-hmm. know, it's getting a lot of mainstream attention and things like yeah. that. So I think people will go. So, I guess. Right. Well, well, have it. a
1: good, t- good time. Yeah. I'll,
0: I'll be believe. at the state robotics championship, Julie, so I won't be... <laughs> I won't be 50 Shades on Valentine's Day. Well, that sounds like a yeah. super
1: romantic place to be, Leanne. <laughs> I know it will be good. Well, Leanne, I had kind of a, a double header uh, on Sunday uh, because. Uh, It was sort of a Lord Grantham doubleheader uh, because I I think I had to leave the podcast early because I went to my um, granddaughter, Alice's eighth um, birthday party, and they went to see the movie Paddington Bear. Have you heard about the movie Paddington Bear? Yes, it got good reviews and it looks adorable. Leanne, do not be shy. Do not, (laughs) do not, if you find yourself on a plane or if you're homesick or if you're snowed in... If you have an opportunity to see Paddington Bear, you have to go see it, okay? It's a good cast. It's a really good cast. Okay, well, first of all, you've got Lord Grantham in Bonneville. He plays sort of Lord Grantham light in this movie. Okay, so he has the same imperious manner. He's got a, a, a sort of a goofy wife but she seems to be more alert and more with it than uh, her ladyship. Okay. They have a smaller house, but it's still somewhat, you know, it looks like it's on a decent street in London. He only has one servant, but she seems to do everything. And uh, the two children are far more appealing uh, than Lady Edith (laughs) or Lady Mary. Okay. So, but he's in the movie. He's doing his his best. But, leon is, it just works on many levels. So you're, you know, eight-year-old, Child is going to love the movie, but you are going to love the movie, too. And I'll tell you, I think there should be a special Oscar awarded for the bear's fur. <laughs> Leanne, the fur in this movie, is it's like its own character. You just want to hug this bear. Aww. It's so... It is so imaginative, the storytelling, visually how they lay out the story. And then it's kind of like really funny on an adult level, too, because Nicole Kidman plays the bad guy in the movie. Oh. But in yes, yeah, so she, she's the bad guy. But in one scene, she actually reenacts the, uh, her ex-husband, Tom Cruise's Mission Impossible scene where she's lowered on a wire <laughs> into a room. That was really hilarious. I mean, but I mean, the kids didn't get that, but you know, I was like laughing, like that is so funny that they did that in the movie. So (laughs) it's totally enjoyable. It's got a wonderful message. It's very uplifting, uh, and uh, you know, and it's not three hours, Liam. So (laughs) I would say this Valentine's Day, yeah, I I would like skip Fifty Shades of Grey, go see Paddington Bear. I mean, I it, it really was. Oh, super well done! So uh, that's uh All right. and Lord Grantham, he was yeah, very likable in this. In this movie.
0: <laughs> not cranky,
1: not cranky, not well. Yes, he's cranky in the yeah. beginning. It's just the same. It's, it's just it's like smaller house, but with a slightly more with it wife. Yeah. <laughs>
0: All right, we're going to go to Downton Abbey right next. Uh Julie though, I did want to mention two events I'm doing this spring. Uh okay. th- so I haven't yeah, I haven't done any mention of these. I don't even think I put them up on my official calendar, but I got to get on it. Um one date just got confirmed yesterday. I in the middle of April, April 12th, Sunday, April 12th, I am actually speaking at our hometown library, the Pequot Library. No way. Really? Yeah. Yeah.
1: April 12th. I'm going to write that down, Lee. A okay. Sunday,
0: April 12th. If you are anywhere in the tri-state area, no, I'll be at Southport in Southport, Connecticut at the Pequot library, the beautiful That's exit library. Exit 19. Exit off, 19. Off 95. That's, That's right. 95. Okay. Uh, and uh, I will be there uh, speaking. I was invited to speak quite a while ago and we wrestled around with some dates and things like that. And, and this is the one we landed on. So I will be there Sunday, Sunday, April 12th, Pequot Library, Southport, Connecticut. And then if you are in Southern California, I'm very excited about a, an event I'm doing at the Huntington uh, gardens That's your and favorite Library. Place, it you is. Are, you were. I mean, you. You've been invited there a couple of times. Yes. Right? And this is okay. exciting because they have a new uh, a new woman taking over as the head of the Huntington, Laura Scandera Trombley. She is a dynamic female leader. She ran Pitzer College for ten years and is now moving over to the Huntington Library and Gardens, which is a is you know quite a plum job actually. And so I. I am going to be interviewing her she will have just taken over as the president they have a brand new event space there they've redesigned the um, entrance and everything so we'll be one of the first events they do and this is through Pasadena magazine so that is April 29th so mm-hmm. I will put more information on both those events as I have it um, up on the up on the website on the Facebook page and stuff but I just want to throw those dates out there Liz does were- Liz
1: know that you're interviewing the head of the Huntington Library I know that they- seems
0: that seems like her I know. Yeah. Way to go, Leah. Well, I'm kind of psyched because it was, you know, I write a column for the Pasadena Magazine and they were looking, last year I interviewed all the female philanthropists for this event, like women that ran foundations and started foundations. And it was really a fascinating panel discussion. So we were looking for some other business topic and they had just named this Laura Trombley as uh, the head of the Huntington. But I have because I went to the one of the Claremont colleges, Pomona, I had heard her speak several times and she's super dynamic. And I just thought, wow, that would be a great interview. And I think people in town would love to sort of be the first to hear from her. And so I'm very excited that she said, yes, I'm going over to the Huntington, uh, in two days to meet her and do an interview with her and I'll write a profile for, of her for the magazine, but then we'll have this luncheon conversation in April. So I'm looking forward to both of those. Yeah. And then that's it. I'm not not doing anything else in the spring. Not really doing anything till the fall, so uh, that's why I mentioned that. But Pequot Library, <laughs> I'll be there, Liam. I'm a little bit jealous that you <laughs> yeah. went at
1: the Pequot Library. We yeah. spent many you hours. Know, it was, you know, who invited li- me?
0: Oh. Ginny, Ginny Arnt, Mrs. Arnt, our mom's okay. dear friend. So well,
1: that's very nice. Ginny
0: is 85 years old. She runs the speaker series there, and <laughs> uh, honestly, so this is I've been communicating with Mrs. Arnt. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> Sounds wonderful to you. So, Okay. All right. It's time now for Downton Abbey. This week's episode was, whoo chock full. <clears throat> and yes, Julie, indeed. Julie, it breaks down for me uh, like this. There were winners this week, and there were losers. All right. Okay. Okay. Let me hear your <laughs> list, later. Okay. I'm just going to go through my list of losers first. All right. Lord Gillingham. Loser. I mean... <laughs> He is just being set up by his friends. I, what is happening with that? I don't know what happened to him because he was so dashing and with it, and now he's like lame. You he's know? lame. He's a loser, Julie. All right, yeah. another loser, Anna. She is stuck with that Bates for the rest of her life. <laughs> just oh, no. I know,
1: I know, Leanne. I don't. I'm, well, I'm surprised she's alive at the end of this episode, and we'll get into that. We'll get into is it. That, that curled lip came back.
0: Okay. Yeah. So All right. Saying, the and, pig man's uh, wife, Mrs. Drew, the, a big loser this week. Oh, very yeah. sweet. She, yeah. she had her ba- the baby taken away from her. God. Like she was just some, you know, foster mother, which I guess she was. So that yeah. was a very emotional scene. We'll talk about that. And really the biggest loser of the week, Isis. What's happening with oh. the dog? Like that is not a good situation.
1: I know. I know. <laughs> Leon. I mean, I can't, I mean, can you believe, because just last week, didn't we do a shout out to, to the Yes. Doll? Yeah. Okay.
0: That he was getting a lot of screen time. So things are okay. grim for him. But then the winners this week, okay. I think Rose is a winner. That seems like a nice young man, Atticus. And, okay. Uh, I think people
1: are just going to, they're going to go with it. He he looks nice. I don't know, Leon, but things
0: are never as they seem to be at Downton Abbey. Yeah. It starts off good. And then who knows?
1: Who knows? Okay, okay, Mrs.
0: Patmore, winner. Like, she okay. has an exit strategy there. She's got that cottage. I feel better for her already, you know? I'm,
1: I'm a little bit jealous of the cottage. Yeah. <laughs>
0: and I bet she'd
1: like to spend
0: the night in the cottage, Lynn, before she buys it. She, see- she didn't need to. She just, she, she bought it. She saw the potential. Oh. She knows what she wants. All right. Big winner this week for me, the Dowager Countess. She had some fantastic lines. So some great lines, sort of a a moment of uh, personal recollection when she was talking to the prince. So it was a good show for her. But really, the winner of the week was Edith. I mean, Edith, she may have lost the fake Nazi boyfriend slash lover, but she inherited a publishing company and she got her baby back. So... Winner, Edith. Finally, a winner. Finally, a winner. Think, okay. Yeah, Hopefully. I do. I think. I think she's gonna be like the Helen Gurley Brown of. You know, she's got the, of Cosmo fame, she's got the publishing company now, she's the single mom, she's got Marigold, she's in the hotel room drinking champagne and eating ice cream. She is free (laughs) of that whole Downer Abbey situation. She's free. She is free. Free as a bird. (laughs) All right, what'd you think? Where do we start? I loved this episode as well,
1: leigh I really felt like, you know, the storylines really advanced on a lot of things. I started with the inanimate objects, or things that appeared to be dead. And one was the dog. I have to say, I couldn't believe it, that that we had just talked about the dog. And there was uh, her ladyship throwing herself on the oriental carpet to determine if the dog was, you know, was alive, was listless. But did you notice she didn't really touch the dog? No. I mean, what is that about, like... She's, like, crouched down, but she wouldn't even put her hand on the dog, okay? Mary, so caring, okay, what did she say? (laughs) So empathetic that he had eaten a squirrel or perhaps
0: was pregnant. Way to go,
1: Mary. We just love your humanity,
0: okay? <laughs> okay? She is. She gets colder every week, and yet I love her. I love her. <laughs> okay, okay. Second object, that history book.
1: Oh Moseley, yeah, Mosley, Mosley, Mosley. Say it ain't so, Liam. Is
0: Mosley making the moves on Daisy? Do you think that could be it? I, I mean, I, I don't oh. know where that's going. There's going to be something horrible hidden in there, or there's going to be a will, or I don't know, maybe the ticket from Mr. Bates's is- coat is stuck in there I don't know Joyce. I don't know but I just I want I don't
1: want Mosley to get anywhere near Daisy we love Daisy right and, yes. and she's trying so hard and she's doing keeping up with her reading and making those lovely cakes so so I don't know what's in that history book I did make me chuckle Leanne. I wondered if it was first edition yeah we had, we had the big discussion there Okay, speaking of other books, of course the device and the book. Yeah. Of course Bates was going to find that yes. in the cottage. It was it was only a matter of time, okay? And there he had he had the book and that was back. Again, it's not really an inanimate object but that curled lip. Yeah. I, I don't believe that he was innocent. I really don't. And I really thought Anna was going to get it in the cottage this week. I, I did too. He was, I thought he was going to whack her with a poker or something
0: like that. Okay. Yeah. I don't trust him anymore. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I haven't trust, I haven't been that interested in him since like season one, but now I just, I'm tired of his, I'm tired of his, his downerness. He's just a downer all the time. Yeah. Okay. So he is no good. Okay. Prince Kerrigan's teacup. Okay, Leanne, that
1: was an excellent scene. And it brought me right back to Russia. Because I have to say, I had been offered many times when I lived in Moscow for five years, I was offered a number of very suspicious looking cups of tea. Because they like to drink tea. Okay? And I was always very worried about it. I used to say a little prayer to myself, like, oh, please... I hope this tea does not kill me. But, you know, I always took great <laughs> solace in the fact that tea is made with boiling water. Okay. No. So just from a sanitation point of view, if you're going to have, if you're going to find yourself in a foreign country, you're a little worried about what to eat or to drink or not to eat. I always think tea is not a bad item because if you can see that the water has come to a full boil, <laughs> but right okay. No, oh. I hadn't
0: really thought about it that deeply, but yeah, yes, I thinking. have. I yes, have thought about thinking.
1: it. So when I saw that teacup, I was like, Yeah, so I understand why the Dowager did not want to take a sip out of that. You know, I can't, but you know, the hot boiling water, seeing the bubbles, that's all good, Leanne. Okay. What, okay, next inanimate
0: object. What
1: about Mary's haircut? Okay. Oh, yeah. Find it
0: superb. <laughs> What did you think, Liam? You know, I was bothered by like the notch in the back of her neck. Like, I didn't understand why it wasn't a clean blunt cut. But maybe that was the the style at the time. Yeah, yeah just, that was like Vidal Sassoon. That was, was
1: done in the seventies. I know. That's the way he used to cut the hair with that like thing in the back. It was, yeah. you know, you know, uh, I don't know, Liam, but I right.
0: But what did you think? She looked completely different. With she it. did look completely different and she looked completely great. And again, I I admire Mary because I believe she represents her her class and and the, and the women of the time. She's, you know, she's a snob. She's competitive and she doesn't make any bones about it. I thought she looked great. Again, unbelievable clothes on Mary this time. Ooh. There she was riding that horse, side saddle, like jumping that jump. Come on, Mary, get a stride. Just ride a stride. I think that's the final phrase. Frontier for Mary. Yes. I liked the Didn't you think someone was going to go into the hedge? I don't know
1: how. I I was really on the edge of my seat throughout that steeplechase, Leanne. I hate to admit
0: it because I thought (laughs)
1: somebody is going into the hedge. Well, let's face it.
0: In any British drama, anytime someone gets in a horse, it's bad. It's bad. It's bad, right? Somebody usually does fall off the horse and die or get trampled or something. Yeah. Yeah. Or yeah. So that's, I, I really was surprised they all made it out alive.
1: Okay. So um, it, Lynn, it was a big week for toast on, on Downton Abbey. Yes. Did you notice at that uh, breakfast scene, how yeah. much toast there was? And what about uh, Lady Cora? Did you see she got a whole rack of toast <laughs> up in bed? I just was like, yay for toast. It was, it really was, was, you know, it was just a big week for that. Mm hmm. Um, other inanimate object I'd love to hear about was the
0: gong. What was yes. that about?
1: When we had to go ring the gong because Lady Edith
0: was missing? Yeah. I where they, is that gong? I don't know. We've never heard the gong, but they refer to the gong all the time as there's the gong. Let's go ring the gong. I think that had some Fifty Shades overtones when Mrs. Patmore said, go ring your or Miss Or <laughs> <laughs> Mrs. Hughes said, go <laughs> ring your gong. I mean, come on. She really? was. Oh, yeah. Ooh, well, yeah. I don't know about that. But, I think she uh, neither- and Carson will end up together. Little, you know, it, it remind. I mean, it's it's shades of remains of the day. Remember that wonderful movie? Yes. Where, yes, yes so I, I think it would be totally appropriate for yes. both of them. Okay, totally inappropriate. In
1: was well, sort of sort of inanimate object as Thomas's butt. Did we really have to know. see that? Eek. That whole storyline is easy it's to me, you, know? you know,
0: and again, he keeps having these like life changing experiences, like going to war and you know second lease on life and this you know coming out and everything, and yet he still goes back to being the same scheming, unpleasant character, so yeah. from a writer's standpoint i don 't understand what they 're doing with that character. He has no arc he 's been through all these things, and he has not changed one bit, so. Yeah, that scene, just all all of it, I was like, I I almost fast forwarded through it because I just couldn't bear to watch it. So
1: you had to see it. It It was important. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. It really sort of broke new ground on uh, on Downton Abbey because we had some flesh. We had some butt flesh. Quite gross. Okay. How about the teeny tiny bed that Lord Grantham was in, in his closet room there? (laughs) (laughs) I loved that. I love that. And I would have to say, because she was almost on my inanimate object list is, is Cora. Cora. But because she doesn't touch her daughter or the dogs, but you have to give it to Cora. She did order her husband out of the teeny tiny bed (laughs) and back into hers. So I lean on your winners losers um, list. I think lady Cora uh, moved up with that move. I thought it was very strong there. Okay. (laughs) And of course, for me, the best line of the night was uh, the uh, the idea that endless thinking is overrating, <laughs> yeah. and before 1914, nobody thought of anything at all. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> we love that. Um, but, but of course, we have to turn to the romance side of it, which is a little more lively. I don't know. What do you think about the Mabel Lane Fox versus Mary dynamic? Again, I thought they were both going to end up in the hedge. They didn't during the stu- uh,
0: st- steeplechase, but where do you think they're going with that? I Lesbian lovers? I don't know what's going to happen between those two. They seem oh. to be rather comfortable frenemies, you know? Okay. There was at least a lot of spark and good dialogue between those two, as opposed to Lord Gillingham, who's become a shadow of his former self. I know. And what do you think about Mr. Blake? Do you think Mary and Mr. Blake are going to get it together there? No. Uh, here's huh. my prediction. I think somehow Mary will end up with the commoner who is designing the new real estate. I uh-huh. think she's going to develop, sign, you know, end up with the real estate developer. I think I think Mary's going to end up with the commoner. Uh, okay. So, but I, you know, I don't know. Who knows? But uh, I just I don't understand. Like that seems very childish. The whole like, oh, why don't you spend the night at Downton? That whole thing seemed very beneath all of them. Is what I, I would know. say. I know so but they'll all be there.
1: So that's going to be a, that's we're going to look forward yeah. to that scene because there'll be quite a few people. And what about the Dowager and the Prince? Do you think they can rekindle some of the romance
0: that they have found in St. Petersburg? Uh, you know, let's hope not. Really? <laughs> Is that what you want to see? Is that why you tune in? I, I you know I I think she's she's in the perfect role so I I don't want her to mess it up by getting all mushy. It's going to be bad enough to see Lord Merton and and uh, Isabel together like on yeah. their wedding night. I don't need to see the Dowager get do any nookie. I don't I don't need no. to see them get any closer. Okay. Yeah. Sure. And I again the prince I'm not sure that's a good romance for her. He's got nothing to offer. Why would she marry him? Tea. She's he's got that great tea, <laughs> Liam. I don't know. <laughs> All right. Well, let's, then, yeah. Okay, go ahead. Later. No, no, you go ahead.
1: I Edith, yeah. Edith, Edith. Okay, okay. <laughs> I mean, do you think? I, I just don't even. I mean, she obviously has now been pushed over the edge, and she, uh, she had that French birth certificate, and uh, she multiple
0: took- copies. Because I went oh, when Mrs. Drew ripped that up, I had a very strong reaction, and then Edith did not lose a beat when she's like, "I have multiple copies." <laughs> okay. <laughs> And so she's in that sort of uh, shabby hotel. It's certainly
1: not their their place in London. And that she's going to be eating ice cream and champagne. I love it that there's just... The baby has nothing. Marigold has nothing but the little teddy bear. Okay. So uh, good luck to her. Edith doesn't seem to have any uh, clothing either. So I don't know how that's going to work out. But I, I just... I mean, I just don't know where this is going to go. I, I, think I think
0: it's a new lease on life for her. I think she's going to be kind of lead an interesting dynamic European life. She's got the publishing company now. She's got the baby. She'll make up some story. I think it will be a disaster at Downton, but I think for Edith, it's good. It's no one likes her. You know, there was a lot of speculation on our Facebook page today. Well, maybe Rosamund is Edith's mother. And I know we talked about that last mm-hmm. year on Downton yeah. Gabby. Uh but I I think actually, it, probably not, because I think Cora doesn't seem to like her just because she doesn't like her, not because she's not hers. You know what I mean? I feel, I feel like we would have had some clues in the last five seasons. Right. There would have right. been some asides, or we'd know if Cora was, like, just, you know, raising her as her own, as a favor. And that's not the case. She just doesn't seem to genuinely just not like her or care about her in any way. Right. Well,
1: it's, it's again. It's it goes back to her basic um, problem with Cora is that you know the mental functioning is is difficult for her. So, <laughs> so I, I get that. All right. Well, I hope. Well, what you, do you I, think? What do I you think? Just think- Nothing good has happened to Edith. And I I think she's going to continue down the road. This is really not a plan, Leanne, to go screaming down to, you know, Farmer Brown's cottage there and just snatch the baby with the French, you know, birth certificate and head on into London and everything's going to be
0: okay. I mean, the gong is going to be rung,
1: Leanne. The gong is going to be rung. Okay. She
0: got the word. She's got the money and... She, people,
1: people will know. They will track her down. We oh, know. yeah.
0: No, they'll find out. But I think she's done caring. I think she is just done caring. The, the, the family's complete non-reaction to her dead, you know, <laughs> boyfriend's. <laughs> I the know. That. Her- and was Mary, how mean is Mary to show
1: up with her new haircut? Yeah. And, and want to make that the topic of conversation well, we'll in get, the drawing
0: room? I, I know. know. How mean was Cora who forced her to go to dinner that night? Like, really, couldn't she just have a tray in her room a couple nights? You know, does I she think- have to get dressed up? Cora's like, thank you for coming to dinner. Oh, shut up. <laughs> 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 just- Okay. Huh, shut up. The end, my my
1: final comment is, I, I have some very bad news, is uh, that I, uh, at the end of Downton Abbey, they had previews for Mr. Oh, Mr. Selfridge. <laughs> and um, they've now jazzed it up with jazzy music, you know, because to make it look more appealing. But yeah. I just... We will not, you know, no. we will not be lured into that. Like... We're not
0: moving forward with, no, with Mr. Selfridge. Yeah. I
1: know it was kind of appealing.
0: They had some like up-tempo yeah. music going on there. Yeah. For But no, let's not go there. I noticed that. I watched the preview and I said to myself, I don't care about any of those characters. <laughs> <laughs> so we we tried last year by request, but, you know, we can only do this when we really care. And so yeah. we're just gonna save ourselves for Outlander when it returns after da- after Downton. But uh okay, well Julie, I'm excited. I feel like are we come we must be coming to the end of this season. I, I, How many I, I, I don't even do I don't do any I don't look up anything online about this show because I don't wanna know what's happening. Like I know it's already been in England and things like that, but I purposely don't read any articles because I don't wanna find out. I wanna sort of be in the moment for every episode. Me, me
1: too, Liam. Yeah. I feel that same so we have no idea. Please do not post that on our facebook page like how many more episodes are left uh, (laughs) or what happens and uh and i know we have listeners in australia where it hasn't even started right right good luck to you right luck to you on that so uh but yes we'll just
0: carry on leanne that's what we're gonna do okay joel all right you got anything what do you have any plans for valentine's day that's not 50 shades of gray (laughs) I've got some plans, Leanne. Uh, they're in the works. That's all I'm saying. Okay. All right. Yeah. I, I My husband scared me by saying he might come home early from his European trip. And I was like, well, oh, I got to start cleaning the house now. I mean, I, I am a slob when he okay, is not you, here.
1: You need to get those fl- hardwood floors flowing, Leon. Go on. <laughs>
0: I know. I do. I, what I'm worried about is when they replace the carpet, I have to, we have to clean everything out of the bedroom, you know, ooh, okay. so, and, and our closet. So ooh, it's going to be rough. It's going to be rough. All right. Uh, ooh, I got calls coming in. I got things happening here, Jill. I got calls okay. coming in. Uh, ooh, my phone's going nuts. All right. So have a great week. You too, Liam. And don't forget, call your satellite sister.